Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FDA has approved the first ever gene editing therapy we talked about in episode 106 that treats sickle cell disease, which affects over 100,000 mostly black Americans in the United States. Rumor has it that Apple's iMessage will not be classified as a gatekeeper service under the European Union's Digital Markets Act and will not have to become interoperable with other messaging services. Genetic testing company 23andMe got hacked, lost 6.9 million users' data, and changed its terms of service to avoid getting sued. And the usual suspects slow down government-backed EV charging infrastructure here in the United States. we got all this and more for you in episode 110 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. Coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Black Stuff. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Mr. Procrastination as usual. Have not got started at all doing any sort of Christmas gift purchasing, so it is what it is. You know what the secret to that is? Don't get any. Yes, don't buy nobody. <laughs> I mean, you obviously cannot do that, but yeah, that, no. that's been my tried and true uh, <laughs> strategy for the for the last little while. I ain't gonna buy nobody nothing. So, so here's the thing. So, Terrence, you still have you know you, you still got a young fella in the house, but for them teenagers, gift cards from dad is all this required. Cause they can go to the mall after Christmas and buy whatever they want now. Now, mom and them gonna still buy clothes and stuff like My that stuff they stuff. need. Oh, they, so they got stuff on their every, list. Mm-hmm. Every year, I uh, make them say, "Hey, put your Christmas list together and share it on the on the on the group chat." So they put their little in a little notes. They know they know the routine. If you want, if you want it, you'll not only put it on the list, you'll put a link to where we can find it. The right colors, the right sizes. Dang, that but, takes mm-hmm. so much out of Christmas, though. Like, if you want it, they, if you want it, you will f- go through. Did the they ever believe in Santa at any yeah, point? They did. Okay, they did. okay. But well, it was, they had it was that. Yeah, no, it wasn't until they got phones, and you know, it's like, all right, you know, this is how it's a wish list. That is so impersonal. No, he, he, here is <laughs> how you either want it or you don't. Yeah, if I, you want it, you're going to point to where it is just like you used to go in a little Amazon and a little Target and see if, if you are age, go to the Sears catalog and circle the thing. This is my same thing. Put a link to Amazon, link to Amazon. Tell me what it is so we can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So we, we done high tech it. We basically use Pinterest. The only time of the year I use Pinterest is around the holidays. So it's like, I'm not trying to figure out what size you wear, what size you think you wear. It's like, I'm not going to make the mistakes. So you tell me exactly what you want. And what I like about Pinterest is that you can, uh, you can 
you know, like let's say you're looking at something on, I don't even know, you're looking at something at the gap. You literally can go click on a thing for the gap, send it right to Pinterest with the size and everything. So the link in Pinterest has the size, the color, exactly what you want. So all that all is required for me is to click on the link and then click purchase. Now, when my kids get your age, I ain't doing none of that. I'm giving I'm doing reverse. When my kids get your age. You get a cash app and stop bothering me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that's what I was see, saying. I guess because my, um, you know, my my love language, if you will, uh, I believe is gift giving. So, and that's probably why I don't do it that much anymore. Because I used to put a lot of thought into just being aware over the course of the year, or just in my knowledge of that person and their personality, what they might like, something they mentioned that they needed six months ago that I was able to find. And just like, I, I, that used to be my thing. Like I used to love just going out into the malls and and the shops and everything and finding that perfect gift that they weren't expecting. That was always just, I just loved seeing somebody open a present and, oh my God, how did you know? Or, oh my God, like, like, so I used to put just a ton of, of thought and effort into, uh, shopping for people, which again is probably why I don't do it anymore because it was a lot of effort. Um, but, but I just, the idea that, I mean, I guess it, you know, I mean, I, I would want somebody to have what they want, obviously, but, just the idea of like, here's my link, you know, this is, I, I, uh, it just, it just makes me sad. That's all. <laughs> no. It makes me sad. So yeah. I, I, what, what's the phrase go? Ask not, want not. <laughs> I was literally about to say the Close exact mouth, same don't thing get fed. because it's like, I used to do that. Try to, try to figure out what folks want and you do all this work. And then when they're going through, it's like, Okay, so the only stuff that you are really excited about now, my wife is different. I'm going to surprise her with some stuff. But for all these other folks, it's like the stuff that you didn't tell me specifically you wanted. You open that stuff up. Oh, thanks, Dad. It goes into the corner. And then it literally it it might be in the corner for a week or two. It's like, okay, clearly that was not the gift that I don't put all this time and effort into trying to figure it out. That is because I don't have any children. Maybe that's the difference, because like I was good at gift buying. So, you know, my gifts were always very well received and, and that's what gave me the joy in finding and giving and wrapping and, you know, the whole nine. So yeah, I, I don't know. That just, nah. it just still, it just seems sad. Nah, for, for, for teenagers and young adults, Pinterest is the way to go. They can tell you exactly what they want. Now here's, here's the surprise. My children, they will put 15, 20 things on there. They not getting 15, 20 things. So their surprise is they don't know what they're going to get. It's just what, something that they, yeah. it's just something that they pick. And if they truly want to be shocked when they get money, it'd be like, Oh, dad gave me more than I thought I was going to get. That can be their surprise. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm not trying to step foot into a store if I can avoid it. But y'all, let's go ahead and get into a tech show this week because we got a lot of news that we're going to cover this week and we actually have a recap. So before we get started, I want to give an update on this previous story back in, I believe it was episode 106. We talked about the FDA being poised to approve the first ever gene editing therapy, and we are happy to report that they've now done so specifically for treating sickle cell anemia, which affects more than 100,000 Americans, my brother-in-law being one of them. The therapy is called Kazgevi. It's from Vertex Pharmaceuticals and CRISPR Therapeutics, and it uses the CRISPR gene editing tool, which won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry back in 2020. This gene editing 
gene therapy has a ridiculous sex rate. It is uh, when we talked about it a few weeks back, 29 of the 30 people who were in the treatment, who completed the treatment actually over two years later, are, are you know experiencing no symptoms of sickle cell. But it also has a ridiculous price range. We said one to two million dollars when we first covered the story. This new update is like, no, this this, this stuff costs two point two million dollars. And not only is it two million dollars, the process is I think almost 18 months long and involves like the killing of your bone marrow and (laughs) and multiple blood transfusion. Like, I mean, you know, I I can only imagine, you know, your brother-in-law has sickle cell. One of my best friend's sisters um, has sickle cell. And and just, you know, I, I, and I can remember one of my friends in college, her, her little brother, young, you know, he was like seven, six or seven, had sickle cell and was in the hospital a lot having crises. Um, and so I can only imagine the, the pain, the trade-off of the pain that people that have sickle cell right now are in versus what they would have to go through to get this treatment. But it just seemed intense and, yeah. and aggressive. Yeah, it, it it definitely is that it requires multiple bone marrow transfusions because essentially what they're doing is they they go in and take your bone marrow out. Then they do this CRISPR therapy on the or this they run it through this CRISPR tool and they edit it genetically. And then they do another transfusion or, or I should say, you know, another transplant to put your own bone marrow back into you. Because one, one of the problems is that, that that helps with this is bone marrow transfusions. But finding a donor for this is incredibly difficult. So they're skipping that and they're using your own bone marrow. So you're not going to have any of the rejection issues that you could have when you're not using someone who's matched up to you. Exactly right. Like a very, very, usually it needs like a, you know, a sibling that you would need to get the bone bone marrow transfusion from. So it's ridiculously expensive, but it works. So the, the next, the next time we'll talk on this, we'll see our insurance companies actually well, going yeah. to cover this. Cause I, cause I don't think anybody who wasn't in the study has had this done yet. Have they? We, um, like, I think all these people were just in the study. So I'm assuming the study paid for it. Um, it didn't oh, yeah. say the article didn't say if anybody in the, in the general public has, has been able to take advantage of this. Yet. It, it literally just received FDA approval. approval. So, it, okay. so there hasn't been time. So yeah, yeah the, you know, will insurance companies pick this up now? You know, I, I, I just looked, you know, how much does it cost to be someone in America with uh, sickle cell disease? There's there's quite a few folks who have sickle cell trait. My wife actually has a sickle cell trait. Fortunately, she does not have the disease. But when you actually have the disease, it is so ridiculously debilitating that you are, you know, I mean, some of these folks are in the hospital three, four, five times a year, every yeah. year from yeah. the time that they are born until the time that they succumb to generally something that was caused by sickle cell disease. So you're talking about, you know, a lifetime of multiple hospital visits and that, is, you know, in this ER visit. So, you know, so those are quite expensive. So, you know, I, you know, I, I guess at some point, you know, being counter, someone will say, well, over the, you know, well, this person is insured by us. They have sickle cell. You know, we can't really kick them off. And, well, in some cases they can. You know, I've, I've actually heard of people being kicked off their insurance because it was just costing the insurance company too much to to, to provide services for them, which is a, a whole nother story. But I would imagine that over the course of a person's lifetime. That yes, the two point two million would probably cheaper. be, you know, much cheaper. But what insurance company is trying to come up off of that off the, you know, right, you know, right off the riff as compared to we're going to stretch this out, see if we can't figure out a way to make you lose benefits or, or you know, whatever the case is. 
Yeah, but, if I know anything about the healthcare system, they're going to try to get anyway, but like I said, try like, to it. Like this is it's kind of a positive story because, like I said, it, it is positive the fact that it is FDA approved. So if you get your insurance company to pay for it, and like I said, 29 of 30 people, that is that is a ridiculous success rate for those who have gone through it. And uh, like I said, it's it's extraneous, but I would imagine you'd rather, mean, you'd rather 18 months of discomfort as compared to a lifetime of it. I'm I'm a play Terrence Gaines, uh, <laughs> uh, pessimist, <laughs> cynic for, for <laughs> one second <laughs> and just say I'm surprised they chose to focus on something that affects primarily black folks um, for a cure because we don't always get that in this country uh, where they look at diseases and illnesses and afflictions that affect colors of, you know, communities of color um, to work towards cures. So I, I'm, I'm happy that, that that happened in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my cynic says, what's the angle, right? Uh, we, 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 the, the, we, we, we don't know what the angle is, why sickle cell, right? But more important, not more importantly, but my comment was, I'm um, glad this is going through, but this clinical trial only included 46 people in the U.S. and what, 30 people abroad for the FDA to approve this with under 100 people either going through it or the success rates of only 30 people. I'm, I'm surprised. I would I would assume that it would be more clinical trials, more clinical trials, years and years and years of monitoring the successful folks who have been through it successfully. Like the one lady we read last time, she had only been through it for two years. I would I just I don't know how the FDA works. I would just assume it would be they would need more results over a longer period of time for them to go ahead and approve it. Unless it's a, a pandemic, which, you know, you know, scenario is different. Right. But mm-hmm. under normal circumstances, I'm surprised they approved it so fast. So the, only these many people have gone through it. Um, I was talking uh, about this with a friend and. I don't necessarily believe this, but I understand where they are coming from with the statement they made. It's like, so, so they, they testing this on black folks as guinea pigs first to see if we get some superpowers or start hey, going in the dark. Listen, uh, before. Exactly. Let's, let's, yeah. Let's, let's talk Tuskegee. Uh, you you know, know? Is, this, is, this, is this like a syphilis experiment? Um, yeah, it, and, it, it could definitely be. And for anyone who's saying, Oh, come on, Rob. You can't you can't say that. It's like, well, no, the country has done that. So we can we can say it. These are things that have happened to our people on multiple occasions. So so I get the sentiment from it. Um, But yeah, it's uh, so in in terms you say there's 46 Americans. But I keep saying 29 of 30 were cured from it, or at least their symptoms haven't come back because this is like an 18 month process, because it is very intensive. A lot of folks who who started the program just didn't finish it. So the 29 out of 30 are the ones who completed the therapy and and are continuing to check in and give the results. Are you having any symptoms of sickle cell disease? Are you, are, you know, how do you feel, you know, come in, get your physical, those kind of things. There's only 29 of 30 who actually did that. The other ones have, for whatever reasons, dropped out of the study. They may have gotten pregnant, weren't able to do some additional things. So, so yeah, so it, it is, it is not, but even if it was 29 out of 46, that's still two thirds. That's still a That's ridiculously a good number for the, the lifetime of hardship that you go through when you have sickle cell disease. So and we should also say that they are planning to follow these people for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and this 
approval, uh, according to the NBC News piece that you posted, Rob, this approval marks the first of two potential breakthroughs for the inherited blood disorder. The FDA on Friday also approved a second treatment for sickle cell disease called Life Genia. They come up with these names. Mm-hmm. Uh, gene therapy from drug maker Bluebird Bio. Both treatments work by genetically mod- modifying a patient's own stem cells. So um, maybe that one will be a little bit cheaper, uh, but it still seems uh, the same sort of intensive uh, yeah. treatment that they got to give through chemo and, and all the rest of that stuff. But you know, yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just hope this is not another Tuskegee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Steph, I think you are out. The weekend, Terrence and I uh, talked about Apple reversing course and this is, you know, deciding to support RCS on the iPhone uh, sometime next year. Now, to be clear, for those who are just hearing this for the first time, RCS, which is the, the it's is basically what is replacing text messaging and SMS messaging. It's not coming to iMessage. So specifically for folks like Stephanie, if you still want to bully people who don't have blue bubbles. We named a whole show <laughs> after you and how you feel about green bubbles messing up your serenity. They do. They, they, yeah. they make my <laughs> itch as, as they say. Yeah. So, but, but here's the thing. Um, I would imagine at this point uh, that uh, the Apple is really going to step in. They're really going to lean into RCS and iMessage being different because the rumor is that the European Union is has decided that iMessage is not going to receive what is called gatekeeper status under the Digital Markets Act. So over in the European Union, in the European economic area, they have a law uh, called the Digital Markets Act. And essentially what the DMA does is it it looks at various platforms. It looks at various services. Uh, there are six companies. It's like Google, TikTok, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook. Um, Everybody that Apple should be included. That Apple should be included. And then they have subcategories. So like if you're a messaging platform, like Facebook Messenger meets the criteria of a gatekeeper service. WhatsApp Messenger meets the you know criteria for a gatekeeper service. And... Uh, you know, it, it probably iMessage should, but they have determined that iMessage, at least in the European economic area, is not used enough by enough, you know, by enough people to meet the criteria. Apple is. I want to hear what Terry's got to say about this because yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. So a- Apple basically has been fighting this, and it it, it looks like it's, it's it's not final yet, but it looks like the Competition and Markets Authority is going to rule that uh, iMessage is not a gatekeeper uh, service. For those who are playing the home game, the whole reason that the Apple is, you know, doing anything with RCS in the first place is because they were really worried about that they were going to be classified as that. So they wanted to have an option. Oh, well, we are going to interoperate with this standard. But now that they don't have to even do that, that, you know, they've already committed to RCS, but they are going to make the, I don't know if they're going to make the blue bluer and the green greener, but uh, they're going to make, sh- my opinion is that they will absolutely make sure that you understand when you're using iMessage as compared to when you're using RCS. Yeah. Uh, to make a long story short, EU didn't want none of them problems. <laughs> they don't want none of them problems of Tim Cook or Apple saying, you know what? We're just not going to sell these phones in the European Union. Bring and, them and home back. Basically, basically <laughs> I'm like, somebody, somebody got paid. Somebody either got a check 
or the threat of not getting a check because um, mm-hmm. there is absolutely no way you're naming Google, Meta, WhatsApp, and all these other people as gatekeepers and not putting Apple in that group, in that category. I, I don't care. I don't care how many Android phones are sold in the European Union and how many people use WhatsApp instead of iMessage. There's absolutely zero percent chance Apple is not in that same category as those other companies as a gatekeeper. Zero percent. I I don't don't care. I don't care. I don't care what numbers you show me. I don't care how many how, how you flip that data. There is no way that Apple is not in that same category as a company um, with those other with those other folks. Uh, I, I just wonder who who they got to. You know, <laughs> who they get to, to, to be able to, to, to find this tiny little loophole um, and technicality or whatever it was to, to keep them out of that mix. Because, yeah, this, they, got, is, they got a good legal team. They I have not read back. anything. This is complete conjecture. This is simply just Rob thinking out loud. But I agree with Terrence. I wonder if Apple just kind of say, look, y'all really ain't even using iMessage like that. Not over where you are. They use, you know, you know, where where's iMessage ridiculously used? North America, Japan, European economic area is none of those places. So we we already told you we're going to do RCS. Why don't we just for your phones, just turn iMessage off? You know, I'm not saying that they threaten that, but, you know, you know, is Apple are were they so stuck in their stance that we are not going to make iMessage interoperate that they would actually go that route? It's like we, we'll give you RCS for everywhere else on Earth or, or give you iMessage for everywhere else on Earth. Y'all just use this crappy RCS that doesn't have any security and all that kind of stuff. I should say in the end security it does have some security, it's just not in the end. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's it's, it's funny because it's like I, I'm looking at the same thing. It's like. So Apple, you you meet the criteria in all these other places, but you don't meet it for the thing that people most love about your iPhone or, or one of the things people most love about the iPhone. That is really interesting to me. It's but it, it's it's interesting the lengths that they will go to protect this differentiator for their brand. Um because it, I mean, it's, it's kind of a big deal. I mean, you know, we, I've, I've somehow become the, the green bubble bully because of this one little differentiator. Um, but the lengths that they seem like they will go to, uh, be able to protect this is, it's, it's very interesting. I don't, I don't know that it means that much to me in particular. I mean, it, it's irksome because it throws off the group chat. Um, but I don't think it means that much to me that I'd be sad to see it go away if that meant that a, a uniform standard would, would make the experience better for everybody. I, I'm, I'm not that much of a bitch. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's interesting how much they want to maintain this differentiator um, for their, for their own brand. I'd be curious, you know, the psychology behind that or the thinking from their part behind that. Well, um, now that. Apple has decided they're going to incorporate some, they're going to incorporate RCS, which mm-hmm. will make those group chats a little bit more friendlier, a little bit more interoperable. The pictures are going to look better. The videos are going to look better. You know, you, they may have some features that are, that go across RCS and, you know, all the other messaging formats. But yeah, like you mentioned, Apple has, 
as far as the iPhone is concerned, they have put a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of, like you said, <laughs> psychological <laughs> testing to to um, be for iMessage to be the thing that attracts people to an iPhone, if not the most, one of the top three things you go get an iPhone for outside of where I already got a Mac and my other family, they all have iPhones. iMessage is like Apple has went through links to say this is why iMessage is better than all the other things because all these things, right? So it would, it makes sense that Apple would not want to lose that bullet point. I don't want to call it an edge or an advantage, but that bullet point is iMessage is dope on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Well, if iMessage is on Android or a, a version of it or, or an RCS version of it is on the other ones, that bullet point kind of doesn't hold the same weight. So they're like, all right, all right, you know, we'll split the difference. We will bring in RCS, a version of it, but still iMessage is better right. <laughs> for these reasons. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, because RCS, most people are using RCS, are using it with the Google Messages platform. They're using it with that particular app. So when you when you think about, oh, well, RCS has end-to-end encryption, like, no, it doesn't. If you're using RCS via Google Message or Google Messages, it has end-to-end encryption. They're doing that through Google servers, not through the 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 RCS standard. So what Apple's going to do is like we ain't trying to do any of that Google stuff. We're going to work with the actual GSMA code. We're, we're going to work with the standard that they've put out, and their standard doesn't have end-to-end encryption. Their standard doesn't do all of these iMessage things that, that we do. We're going to work with what is publicly available to everyone and kind of go from where that being said, what, you know, the difference between RCS and MMS and definitely, you know, SMS, it is the difference between night and day. But, it, you know, but like I said, I, if I know anything about Apple, they are going to lean into making sure, you know, still that you're not using iMessage sure. when you're talking to somebody on Android. And I don't blame Apple because it's like, all right, well, which version of RCS do you want us to adopt? Do you want us to adopt Google's version? Do you want us to adopt this GSMA and all these other things? It's like Apple's like, no, y'all get y'all shit together first. And then <laughs> and, maybe we'll and talk about And that's always it. been the problem, right? Mm-hmm. That there's so yep. many different disparate yep. standards out there that don't because necessarily follow any rhyme or reason sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a sense. And Apple's like, nah, we keeping our our walled garden is a walled garden mm-hmm. for a reason. Right. Because Rob mentioned it. He mentioned, you know, there there are people who utilize the nice RCS version of using Google's messages. There are people like my parents, like my father, who use the text message app that came on the phone, whichever phone they got, which is totally different than Google messages, which is totally different from Samsung messages, which is totally different from um, uh, nothing and uh, uh, Huawei and HTC and all these other ones, it's like you don't know what you're going to get depending on what phone, what company you're using. Apple's like, man, we ain't messing with that. Y'all get y'all shit together first and then then we'll talk. So they've pretty much come to a consensus and RCS. So Apple's like, all right, fine, we'll do that version. So one of our listeners who's in the live stream right now, Wayne Dixon, asked, he says, isn't Apple pushing for in-in encryption for RCS? 
And the answer to that is probably not as much as they was last week before this news came out that they're not a gatekeeper. So, yeah, they're going what Apple is committed to do is to work with the GSMA to try to make their standard, you know, the, the actual global standard work better. That is not what Google did. Google said, if we're going to, if we're going to get anybody using this, we have to make it as good or, or try to get it to work as good and do all the stuff that people who have iPhones are familiar with doing. All the folks who are using WhatsApp Messenger are familiar with doing. And the GSMA is just moving to too slow. Carriers are just moving too slow. So let's go ahead and make this stuff work on our own. So really what Google has done is, yeah, they are using RCS, but they're using a whole lot of other stuff. It's like, yeah, you're using, you know, you know, that, that plane does have a prop on it, but there's two jet engines on the outside wings as well that makes it go really fast. And that, that's what Google is doing as compared to just working with the standard. And just FYI, Google's version does have end-to-end encryption Yes, it, it does. Well. It, yes, it has. Yeah. And it, but once again, that is not because of RCS, that is because right. it is running right. through Google. Google is doing some Google stuff to it right. uh, in transit to, to, and, and encrypt it because of the uh, b- because of the application you're using. Not because not, it's not inherently secure uh, in the protocol. So, uh, as you were saying, Terrence is like you know your folks if they if they got a you know older Android phone, it may not have Google Messages on it. They're just using their standard messaging app. It may support RCS, but it's not supporting Google's version of it. You're not going to get all that nice stuff that the Google version of it actually has. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So, y'all, I wanted to bring up this other story, and I'm, I'm actually going to do a bit of a read here because I want to make sure that I'm I'm being as accurate as I can in this in, in this horribleness that is happening with this genetic testing company. But let me just start off with this genetic testing company. Twenty three and me got hacked and threat actors stole personal data on about 14000 customers or about 0.1 percent of the company's users. But it gets worse. Via the data of these 14,000 customers, hackers were able to access files containing the personal information of an additional 6.9 million users. But it gets worse. Days after 23andMe announced that it had been hacked, uh, it changed terms of service on its TOS through a mechanism called acceptance by silence or inaction, which means that the customers um, must explicitly tell the company they disagree with new terms of service within 30 days of being notified of the changes, or they will be locked into the terms automatically. I'm not going to even make you guess what those TOS changes are. 23andMe's new TOS prevents customers from formally suing the firm 
or pursuing class action lawsuits against it. So just to recap and say what this company did, they got hacked. It was really bad. Then they found out it was really, really bad. And each joker said, "Okay, before we get sued, let's change our TOS so people can't sue us and hope that nobody notices. And this is why, once again, I'm going to steal something that Terrence says. You ain't going to catch me slipping. There ain't no way on earth you will ever find my DNA voluntarily inside of some database from some for public company that is not covered by HIPAA here in the United States because of exactly stuff like this. Their first goal wasn't to get these folks data protected. Their first goal was to protect themselves by let's 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 change our TOS so that folks who don't realize that they only got 30 days to complain, they can't, you know, hop on to any of these class action lawsuits, two of which have already started that we know are going to come for us because we just lost almost 7 million people's worth of data, genetic data. Yep. They give these other companies a bad name. I have a homegirl. She runs AfricanAncestry.com, Gina Page, and they do similar, similar thing. They trace your DNA using your maternal side, especially for black folks. That's important because if we trace our paternal side, It'll most likely trace back up into Europe. You do the read between the yeah, lines right, and figure out why. Yeah, right. But if you trace your maternal, they trade. They can do a better job to trace back to the original tribes that you came from. But again, stories like this are giving her and her company a bad name, even though they get rid of the data. You know, I haven't done it yet, but I followed her story closely. And their thing is, we don't even keep the data after you get your results. We shred it. Quote unquote, right. you know, but people see the 23 and me story and they say exactly what you just said, Rob. I ain't giving nobody my DNA, which does a disservice because there's some benefits to doing it. And it's just messed up that 23 and me is going this route and they're making it harder for companies like Ancestry.com, my homegirl, AfricanAncestry.com. This is making it harder for people to even consider doing this when they are concerned that my DNA will be God knows where. Yeah. And I will say, um, you know, whether whether this piece is true or not, it, it definitely is still worth mentioning because um, part of the TechCrunch article that Rob is referencing said in disclosing the incident in October, 23andMe said the data breach was caused by customers reusing passwords, which allowed hackers to brute force the victims accounts by using publicly known passwords released in other companies other companies data breaches so apparently <clears throat> allegedly uh these hackers got uh login information off probably off the dark web from some other hack um you know maybe a bank or, or a credit card company or somebody else got hacked those passwords and usernames got dumped onto the web they got those and because they were re being reused, they were able to get into this company's systems as well. So whether or not that is actually the case or if 23andMe is just trying to deflect, it is still a good time to remind folks to use unique individual passwords for every account, make them hard to find, get a password manager if you need to. I mean, if this is, if this is not a good, you know, opportunity to remind the people of that thing, I, I don't know what is. So I just want yeah. to put that out there as well. And they, and they lying because <laughs> story that, they lying. <laughs> because the story that I read, um, and we reported on snob OS last week. Um, the reason why the story, the numbers kept climbing was because when they, like you said, Stephanie, that may be true initially. They got into somebody else's um, account using reused data from other hacks and other breaches or whatever the case may be. But once they got in, 
some of 23andMe's own settings. I don't know exactly what they're called, but let's just say me and you are related mm-hmm. and I've done the 23andMe thing. And because there's an option in there to find related people or something. DNA that relatives. Nature, yeah. DNA, the hackers was able to then grab your data, Stephanie, and you never signed up for it. It just so happens that we're related. And I had the option turned on to find related people. Now they've got your data and you ain't even put, set up an account to start with. So that's why the numbers kept climbing, because all these additional features, once they got into the account, gave them access to all this extra data that wasn't even a part that wasn't uh, people who had who wasn't a part of it right. didn't actually need to. And they told agree two to friends it. and they told mm-hmm. two friends and mm-hmm. they told two yep. friends. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just don't trust these companies like this. No, me um, neither. Because here's the other thing too. I, you know, you know, for, for those who, who do not know, I, you know, I'm one of the news hosts, uh, and co-hosts over at Daily Tech News Show. So we, we're talking about tech literally daily. You know, two, two shows a day are happening over, over there on that network. And, you know, I was talking to one of the, you know, um, contributors name is a uh, Dr. Nikki Ackerman. She's an actual doctor that works, you know, th- this is what she does. And she, she, she's, she's even said, she's like, there is no way that you will ever see my data at one of these systems because I actually am one of those people who go through and read in detail the terms of service. And because of what she does, she understands what those terms of service mean. Once you give your data or once you give your DNA to these companies, they own it. They, They own it. Is this is you know folks are thinking oh well HIPAA is going to um protect me no this is not a medical company this is just a genetic testing company that uses DNA to do stuff so don't don't let the fact that there are many doctors that work there that there are people who have PhDs and probably medical doctors as well that are working for this company this is not a medical company this is a for profit company that is trying to make as much money off they can you know by selling these subscriptions to folks and, and read up on Henrietta Lack. Yes. So, um, like I, I initially said, hey, this this might be a story for the check down, but when, but when it got to the point to where they done changed their TOS, it's like, I mean, think about that. They got hacked, and their first thought is, "We probably cover their get, ass. We probably gonna get sued. So, what can we do to not get sued? Oh, but well, we we can, we can change our terms of service, and if people don't actually complain about it, then they just kind of stuck. Now, and they know people ain't gonna read it, yeah. and they you'll get that email that says our terms of service have been updated, and you'll delete it with all the rest of the emails that do that very same thing, and it just it's terrible. So it's it, just, you know, it's it, just in unethical. The, in the reporting of this, you know, their spokesperson said, "Oh no, we're not trying to keep people from you know being made whole. We just want to expedite you know any litigation." So you can't have clash action lawsuit. You you have you know what they want is that you have to go through arbitration, and if arbitration doesn't work, then you can go to small claims court. Well, small claims court that's only ten that's a ten thousand dollar cap on this. There are these class action lawsuits that are going to sue this company for billions. Like Cat yeah. Williams says, it bill, you know billions like a shot out of a gun. It's a billions you know that they're about to be sued for. So we will keep up with this story because it's just like it's like okay, it's, it's bad enough that y'all get hacked. And, you know, you would hope that a company, when they get hacked, we're going to do whatever we can do to mitigate this hack, make sure it never happens again and protect all of our, our customers. No, that's where, not what they did. We where, were trying where to protect have they ourselves. ever done that? <laughs> where, where have they ever done that? Because yeah. this is this is the American way, you know, yeah. viva la capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, th- this one right here is is absolutely nuts. So we we definitely will hear more about this. And I, and I should say that for folks who uh, if they have not met that thirty day window, I don't know when that window comes up. That most law experts are saying that this thing will never hold water in court. That you know that no 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 court would allow a company to have a data breach like this and then change your terms of service so you can't sue them because of the breach that they actually succumb to potentially for negligence. They said that you know, no court would ever allow that. But then you know what? No court was ever supposed to overturn a whole bunch of stuff. So right. I, I, I can't they say tried, they definitely just, tried it though. Yeah, they, they definitely, definitely tried, tried it. it though. I got to give them credit for. The the balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, about TikTok and and YouTube and just the hold that it has um, on, on, you know, on teens. Mm-hmm. Chokehold. <laughs> yeah, it looks like, it looks like um, the Pew Research Center did a story that says 93 percent of kids aged 13 to 17 use YouTube. And 63% uses tick are on TikTok. What I also found interesting about the story I found in PC Mag was Twitter has been on the downturn. In 2015, 33% of teens said they use it. Fast forward to last year. Now they only say 23% uh, use it. Well, no, 20% said they use uh, Twitter, leaving it behind, which makes it last behind Discord and WhatsApp. So according to this study, kids aged 13 to 17 use Discord, WhatsApp more so than Twitter, well, which is X now. So I just want to get y'all takes on why that is, you know, what, what's Gen going Z, on. Gen Z ain't about that life. Gen Z <laughs> is like, no, we are not having any of that Elon Musk nonsense. Um, you know, for everything we say about the kids, they definitely have a very solid sense of self and of purpose um, in their interaction. They spend a lot of time online. They spend a lot of, you know, random nonsensical seeming um, time, you know, posting stuff, but they also have uh, a very strong sense of who they are and, and how they expect to be treated. And, you know, Elon Elon Musk has made X accessible and nobody wants to be there being bullied and, and, you know, having to see things that aren't true. And, and, you know, it, it, it just, he's made it accessible and it's not a very nice place to be anymore. And I was just, just to, Piggyback off what you said, these kids ain't nothing wrong with nonsensical, goofy, silly, Mm -hmm. stupid, pointless things that can take up a half hour, hour of their time without having to be bombarded with what's right, what's wrong, what's the truth, what's the lie, who am I, what's real, what ain't, when they can just go on YouTube and see some dude eat food. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right. (laughs) That to them, that, you know, like I said, my kids, you know, my, I have a, um, 13 year old and I have a seven year old, they love to go on YouTube and watch people build things with just their hands. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're Indian or Middle Eastern Indian. I don't know if they're uh, um, what uh, country they're from, but these folks, they'll be out in the middle of a nowhere and they'll build a pool. 
and it takes like 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Andy, I, I, I watch those videos, those videos on, on TikTok. I, I love mean, those videos. My kids make, will sit. Like, they actually make the bricks that they right. use to make the house. Those videos are so they, fake, but they I are they are entertaining videos. to watch, though. They are they very are entertaining. Like super entertaining to watch. And it's nonsensical. <laughs> it's pointless. There's no... You know, educational value None. to it. There's no. Listen, if I need to make a house agenda, in the middle of the rainforest, I'm going to one of the. Do it. Do you know the ones that have gotten me? It is the dudes and the women, because it's, 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 you know, women doing their own uh, landscaping companies, you know, where they come and cut your grass, mm-hmm. where they go and find like houses that are overgrown and they just, just cut them for free. Yeah, and they literally yeah. just video themselves. I just watched one of those today. And it's like. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, it's, it's one of those things to where it's, it's almost like background noise, but it's kind of like soothing just because you know, the, the videos are running probably at, you know, 400 times speed. So, you know, they're they're walking all fast. You know, you're not really hearing audio from them. It's just kind of. I've probably watched a couple hours over the months of, of these you videos. Get sucked in, man. You get sucked it's in. Easy, it's easy to get sucked in. No, this was a this wasn't it was interesting, but not surprising. Um, I was actually interested, I was actually really surprised that um the app Be Real even made it into mm-hmm. the the oh. standings, if you will. They said um Twitch had 17% usage. Reddit was at 14%. And the photo editing, the no editing allowed photo app, Be Real. I talked about Be Real um, in a like a 60-second tech break or something a while ago when it first came out. And, and I didn't think it would have this type of staying power. Um, you know, it, it really kind of, it was number one in the app store for a minute. And, you know, everybody was like, oh, finally, we can be ourselves and yada, yada, yada. Um, but I didn't think it was going to get the kind of traction it needed to, to, be relevant in a year, you know, six months or a year. And it seems like it still is to, for, for some kids, which is, which is kind of nice because the the premise I think um, is probably a lot more um, mentally healthy for mm-hmm. young people than, than an Instagram mm-hmm. per se. So I didn't realize Terrence until you said it, that TikTok or not TikTok, but uh, Twitter or X has actually fallen behind all of these other platforms. And to your point, Stephanie, I think a lot of it is just because of what that platform is. I mean, for goodness sake, they just put Alex Jones and InfoWars back, back on. on yeah. There. Yeah. So it's like, exactly. if you are a high school kid, are you really rocking with this dude that's telling you that, you know, folks who look like you that are your age that got killed in Sandy Hook, it was all of a hoax. You're probably not rolling with that. So that's probably a big part of it. But another big part of it is probably is just, it's an aging, you know, it, it's an aging platform. It's been around for a long time. And, you know, younger folks, they just, they, they never started with with Twitter now X. They started with Snapchat. They started with these other things. If you think about uh, Meta, for example, with Facebook, Facebook was the thing. But today, kids really ain't using Facebook like that. Now, fa- you know, Facebook is kind of having a resurgence on actual Facebook where more and more people are using it. But what Meta was able to do was, OK, well, if they ain't using Facebook, let's get them on WhatsApp. If they ain't using WhatsApp, let's get them on Instagram. If they're not using Instagram, let's see if we can now get them on threads. They're able to do other things. I don't know I, I know that that X, you know, th- these other things, you know, what are they able to do? Because this and is where you run into that's a good point because they they they've never evolved, um, really. I mean, they tried to be your anti clubhouse right. at one point and and had that clubhouse as I think they still I don't know Rob you can tell me oh yeah spaces Twitter spaces sort of, yeah Twitter spaces, spaces yeah yeah but but other than that they like Meta has just been you know 
running out of the gate to to copy whatever other features other platforms have to keep people on their platforms. Um, Twitter, you know, slash X never really did that. So they don't really offer you anything else um, besides spaces, which I mean, I don't know how many people are using that, but it's like, you don't, you don't do anything. Like, what do you, what do you even do at this point? You, there, there are no filters. There are no, no, no AR. There's no, there's no nothing like. Be and, mean. And, they and go on yes, Twitter to be mean. And, and, and that's yeah. it. And, and people, re- people finally, jerks. yes. And people finally understand that. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, I don't need to be on this platform to be berated and bullied mm-hmm. and, and, you know, made fun bull- of and, bull- and, 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 and put up with a bunch of bullshit. Basically. I said for the longest time, I don't believe that threads is a threat to X in any way that is going to adversely affect X. X to me is its own biggest enemy. It, it, it you know, X it by all by itself is doing things that is seeing people leave the platform in droves. And it's, it, it's, it's truly an echo chamber over there as far as what people believe is happening to that platform. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like religion. It's like y- your platform has fewer people on it today than it had on it yesterday. That right. means that you are no, that you're not bigger today than you were yesterday. You actually are smaller. Oh no, we're bigger. You know, you know, um, I get so much more on this. It's like the personal epitaph of X is working for me. And truth be told, for many, many people, it, it, it really still is. But the company overall is not healthy right now. It's like they have lost it, it, at least 75 million, but it could be hundreds of millions, you know, you know, over a hundred million dollars worth of advertising just in Q4. And we still got darn near three weeks left in it. So, you know, th- you know, three weeks to the, you know, three weeks to the day, actually, I think, uh, you know, left, you know, you know, left in this, in, in, you know, in Q4. And they, they've already over a hundred million dollars down because of just all the advertisers that have left the platform. So they're going to have to figure something out over there. But I don't think that threads is killing it. I don't think any of these other platforms are killing it. I just think that there's a lot of choice and people are choosing other things. Clearly, the kids are. And I will say one more thing, you know, because this is my till death do you tweet wheelhouse. Um, the the final paragraph of of this piece um, threw out some other really interesting and startling stats. And as for overall usage, a full forty six percent of Pew respondents say they are online almost constantly, with another forty seven percent reporting they go online several times a day. So I think you know if we have any parents listening, you may want to take note of those numbers and pay attention to how much time your child is actually spending on the internet. And, you know, if something needs to be adjusted, adjust it. Cause we don't need, you know, kids on the phone all day that, you know, the, the uh, Surgeon General has already, yeah. you know, along with many other medical professionals have said that, you know, too much screen time is, is detrimental to young people's health and development. So, check your kids screen time usage you know at the same time yeah i think uh steph you you wrote a book and then revised (laughs) it this kind of kind of a guide exactly how parents and children should so you know i'm just saying you know don't let your digital footprint kick you in the butt that's my advice So y'all, we're going we're going to jump into this last story, uh, you know, you know, for for this episode of the Tech Yon. and it is, um, if if there was a if there was a entity if, if there was a group of companies that were really going to try 
to slow down, to stem the tide of government backed EV charging infrastructure. I'll give y'all one guess as to who who that might be. What you said, what (laughs) (laughs) say it one more time. Ask the question one more time. If what company would if if there if there was a group of companies that is like, let's do whatever we can do to slow down EV chargers that are federally backed, who would those companies be? (laughs) The oil lobby. (laughs) Terrence, why don't you go ahead and tell us about who uh, you know what's going on? Well, so the the way I looked at this story was it's about um, Biden, uh, President Biden, two years ago, um, signed legislation for uh, electric vehicle charging stations. And basically, these are going to be government supported, government funded. This is their way of improving the infrastructure by adding more charging stations. But of course, anything government backed and government funded and government supported it ain't going to be fast, which is ironically the opposite of what you think of as an EV. You think of an EV as fast, but with the government behind the EV now, it's going to be slow because it seems like after two years after uh, President Biden signed this $5 billion um, nationwide network for taxpayer funded electric vehicle charging stations, two years later, just one has opened up. In Ohio, (laughs) not San Francisco, not New York, not a place that's got, you know, electric vehicles all over the place. One station in Ohio a full two years after President Biden signed this uh, EV charging um, legislation as part of this big, you know, if you remember back in, you know, when Biden first ran, he ran on infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. So this is like a part of that. But it's just it's just surprising that two years they just got one station in Ohio. And then after Ho- Ohio is Hawaii. So it doesn't make any sense as mm. to what companies. But again, I mean, what com- uh, what states are actually, you know, leading the charge in that? You know, again, I would have never had Ohio and Hawaii on my bingo card. Right. Right. <laughs> but again, the reason why. Um, this is not going as fast is because, surprise, government, right? <laughs> for example, the federal government, for example, had to hire and staff the new joint office to support the effort. It took more than a year for that office to just finalize standards, ensuring consistent plug-in types, charging speeds, payment systems with easy, easy access for all. You would think those are the easiest things to do. It took them a whole year just to say, all right, we're going to use these chargers. We're going to use these credit cards. We're going to use these plugs. You know, it took them a year to do that. And then another problem was, as you can imagine, since all the states decide to do all their own thing, state transportation officials who are overseeing the federal road and bridge projects, they don't have the resources. They don't have the expertise to plan and manage charging infrastructure state per state. On top of there's no uniform across, even though it's federally backed. They're leaving it up to the states to figure out who's going to do it and how they're going to do it. So you can see how that would mess everything up. So I just thought the story was interesting because we the government seems like they're trying, but they're also getting in their own way as to how they're going to roll this thing out, which, well, again, like, you know, I, I, I get that we are a country founded on states rights, mm-hmm. but can't the federal government do anything? Like y'all could have just did this yourself. 
in every state. Because I feel like what's going to happen is somebody is going to spend that money on something right. else. Something that's else. that's the first mm-hmm. thing. That like that's five thing. five billion dollars, you know, the, the, the government loves to throw money at a problem and act like it's being proactive and and mm-hmm. and trying to move the country forward with whatever that problem it's claiming to try to solve is, but you cannot just give somebody a bag of money and be like, "Here, go do something." <laughs> like mm-hmm. people human nature does not dictate that 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 thing, especially when you don't have the best standards in place for reporting back. You don't have deliverables and milestones that need to be met at all. Um, I used to work for the government, so I, I, I know how this works. The government does not do uh, that sort of thing well. And it just it's like like at some like why wouldn't the, I don't and maybe and maybe I need to go back to ninth grade civics and understand how government works. I don't understand why the federal government would not have been able to roll out their own to, like create this office Nationwide, of, of, of electrical yeah. vehicle charging. These are yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly, and 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 do it themselves. Like working, obviously, you got to get you know approval from the states and work in conjunction with the states. But these should be basically federal gas stations, you know, for, for lack of a better, better term, like yeah. nationwide federal gas. We stations. don't like, have the, we, we don't basically have the USSR that is motivating us to go to space before they do, or, or, or well, we didn't, we didn't actually make the space before they did to go to the moon before they did. That is a huge motivation. How do you get, how do you get states on your side to do things that are really big like this, there's got to be some common enemy that all 50 of them, 48 at a time, you know, are fighting against. And we don't have that right now. And here's the other part to your point, Stephanie, at the very beginning of this conversation, all these entities that, that, that are being required to do this, it's not like there's, oh, we've got the blueprint. Let's just go ahead and get it done. They're still being lobbied by those by, by oil companies that are trying right. to get this thing slow rolled is, right. you know, as much as possible, because there's no benefit to Exxon and BP and, you know, and all these other big companies in. Oh, yeah, let's let's all that money that we're lobbying to, you know, to make things good for us. Let's not use a little bit of that to slow roll some of these things that the federal government has already said they want to do. So that is a, you know, a big part of it. And then it's like, you know, the federal government is a giant bureaucracy that that's, you know, we say that like it's a bad thing, but that's, that's what it is. It's like, it is, is giant. It's the biggest employer of people in the, you know, you know, individual employer of people in the country. Um, And it's slow. It's, it it is hard to turn this stuff. My, I just look at my tax dollars going up in smoke. Well, I think it, I think, I think Stephanie, you hit the nail on the head. Um, this was a a it was a promise, a uh, a promise made on the what is it? Not the election cycle, but uh, during the election cycle, it was mm-hmm. what President Biden a wanted campaign, to say. A campaign, campaign promise. A campaign promise. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I was looking for. It was a campaign promise, and then you know to kind of uh, own up to, okay, now I'm elected president on this tenant. Let me do something. Like you said, Stephanie, just throw some money at the problem and call it progress, right? When in actuality, there's much more needed to actually roll this out. But I don't think the government was really like, we really don't want to do this because of all the things it would take, the coordination between the 50 states. Right. 
how to roll out all the money and the, the processes and the accountability. So let's right. throw this That's money at it to say we did some, did we it. did our right. part, exactly. but the states couldn't get it together to do their mm-hmm. part. So With two the exception years, of one station in Ohio. One state, right. And, <laughs> and 10 years from now, that $5 billion will be a, a mere mem- memory and mm-hmm. we still will only have 10 you know, charging stations across the country. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's just sickening. It's just sickening. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 gonna it's gonna take private industry to to get on board these charging stations. We've already. But the only of, problem with that is it's gonna be according to what company decides what they want to do. Like I said, like you mentioned, it, it's by sheer dominance that the Tesla supercharger network has become the standard, only because GM and Ford and Toyota and all these other mm-hmm. co- couldn't beat them. So it's like, all right, well, we can't beat them. Let's join them. But let some other company decide they want to do their own charging network and say Volkswagen or whomever. Now you've got the problem that you have now is there's no standard. And you would think at the very least, the only positive that would come from the government doing this, it was it would be a standard. But the fact that they are not even... Right. Pushing well, their try, own standard. Right, right. Trying. The, the, like, the standard going forward is going to be NACS. That that is the Tesla supercharger, as what most people know it as. But that's going to be the new standard. Everybody has pretty much signed on that that's what they're going to use. And you know, my point to it's going to take these companies to do it. The reason Tesla, you know, the reason Tesla's in the position that they are in is because this this was this was very smart of this company. In order for us to sell these cars, we have to put chargers everywhere near where people who are buying them are so that they can charge their vehicles up when they're not at their house. If we don't do that, we will not we will not succeed as a company. And they have been doing this for, you know, for well over a decade now, putting superchargers literally everywhere. You go to hotels, they're at the hotel. You go to the grocery store, they're at the grocery store. You go to the mall, they're at the mall. They're putting these things everywhere. And there's so many of them and they actually work relatively well compared to the other standards that, you know, are available here in the United States that, you know, all the car companies that were like, oh, we still sell these things that take gas. We really ain't trying to get on board with anything right now if it involves, you know, cars with batteries in them. But now we're into 2024 almost. And these manufacturers are now saying, okay, we ain't got any choice. We have to start making these EVs. Well, what are we going to charge them with? Well, no one likes our cars because we don't use the Tesla standard charger that everybody knows is familiar with. They see everywhere. Let's just go ahead and sign on with them. So that's why I say it's going to take private industry to, to really get this thing moving. Because at some point, you know, at some point the, the rubber is going to meet the proverbial road. It's like, you know, there are going to be more EV sold than there are going to be oh. fuel combustion I just don't think it's any time in near. I don't don't think it's any time in near future. But I don't even now. I don't even think that's going to be the case. I think we may these combustion engines may be around for a hot, a hot minute more (laughs) so than electric vehicles because the government, like you said, we have already talked about how the government is not going to really follow through with all this. Yeah, the government put out this mandate, but that you know that was Biden. So after that, there's going to be two or three or four or five more administrations past that, and they may decide that yeah, we eh, yeah we was just playing. We ain't doing that no more. And the oil company's going to be like, yes, more gas stations. Mm-hmm. And, we, and my grandkids will be looking for their first car, and it'll be a combustible engine. I agree. You could be right. And my my five million dollars just got burn up. <laughs> five billion dollars. Five billion. Just got burn up into the atmosphere. So y'all, this was a this was a good episode of the as the of the tech job as they all are. 
But this this was a good one. This was a fun. We had some lively conversation. Y'all, we didn't have any new patrons. We need some uh, new patrons. Where so, yeah, so we need to we, we need to get on that patron game. So I don't Holla know. Maybe, maybe as we move into the new year, we'll do we'll do a patron drive Patreon drive or something like that. But for anyone who is listening, if you would like to support the show. You, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech john. That's the tech J A W N. We've got multiple tiers over there, any one of which gets you access to our live stream and after party. As soon as we wrap this show up, we're going to go into our after party where we will just talk about kind of whatever. So, once again, if you're interested in supporting the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech john. So, with that, tech, like Steph, why don't you tell folks how they can get at you? You can follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph or check out stephaniehumphrey.com. And you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at The Tech John, the Tech J-A-W-N on all the things. So come holler at us however you holler. Until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.